2: start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today
3: j cross how good would you say you are at the guitar i would say i your three choices okay. are beginner yes intermediate yes or advanced probably beginner okay excellent how would you like to move up to intermediate I'd really like to be an intermediate guitar player that's the only thing I've ever wanted to be good that's about as far as you'll get yes unless Uh you use Guitar Tricks okay tell me more Guitar Tricks is an excellent website to teach you how to move from beginner Mm -hmm. to intermediate Mm -hmm. to advanced guitar okay whether you're just starting out or whether you know you could be you should be better than you are like me indeed yes Um, Guitar Tricks uh, will help you move through those stages as a guitar player and good for you Cross. We have worked together with Guitar Tricks to bring a 14-day free trial to not only you, but to the listeners of the Guitar Nerds podcast.
1: So that means I can try it for 14 days, and if I'm not into it, just cancel it. You can, indeed. But I'm probably going to be into it. I think
3: you probably will. Okay. You'll notice a uh, swift advancement of your guitar skills. Excellent. So do you want to know where you can get this offer? Where can you get the offer? GuitarNerds.net forward slash guitar tricks can you repeat that for me I can guitarnerds.net forward slash guitar tricks is there
1: um, like an app that you can use or do you have to do it on your computer
3: (laughs) guitarnerds.net forward slash guitar tricks
4: Hello and welcome. Hello welcome and to welcome what? to another episode of Guitar Nerds, the popular guitar-related, well, popular-ish, well, unpopular yeah. guitar-related well, podcast. It's a podcast. It's a podcast. Yes. I don't know if,
2: Does anyone actually listen to it on an iPod? Do they even exist anymore? Is I don't that know. where?
4: Is that where? Is
1: that where podcast came from?
2: I assume so. I don't know. People, I, don't know I don't think people it. recorded them in pods. <laughs> <laughs> all right, of all right, Wales.
4: All right, I'm yeah. going to start again, because I feel that, you know... The, the, Too late, we've a already started broadcasting. live, the notification to told me. Hello and welcome to Guitar Nerds, the popular guitar-related podcast well, where... Where... <laughs> <laughs> Where I, your host, Joe Brandon, am joined by the uh, Doctor of Pedalology, Matthew Knight, and Podcast. the Professor of Power Chords, Jay Cross. Gentlemen, good evening. Hi. Hello host joe yeah thanks very much so uh podcast listeners you will notice um that once again we are mark Packhamless. i'm afraid um mark packham is now on his second week of recovery from an operation with a three-day recovery time but of course we can't <laughs> all be um you know unbelievable man mountains such as um such as the three of us here it's true <laughs> Yes, it yes. is true But yeah, so we are we are Mark Packhamless again But don't let that deter you We've got a whole host of awesome stuff that we've been uh, putting together this week uh, As we knew, Mark Packham would not be with us Well actually, he, he told us yesterday, quite late Yeah That he wasn't going to make it But that's it. fine Yeah, we don't mind Actually, everything's going to be better Because it means that, hey, we wrote the podcast So it is going to be much better
2: anyway How's everyone been? Matthew Knight, how has your week been? I am good and my week has been good. Uh, on non guitar related things, I'm halfway through training for the Brighton Marathon, so I spend most of my time being tired. Oh, that is um, a good Yeah, what did you,
1: you, You've done it before, haven't you? What did you do last I have time? I've done it
2: before. Uh, I did it in 359.18.
1: What's your, your,
2: what are you looking for this time? 355. Three, Three? <laughs> Three. <laughs> Yeah, just shave a whole hour off, <laughs> you know. I'm going for the record. The co- current course record is uh, two hours, eight minutes. So oh, can, you know. Two hours, sure.
1: eight minutes? Yeah, that is. Yeah. That's someone running 13 miles an hour. <laughs> that is
2: so unnecessary.
4: <laughs> for
1: a full two Just hours. Get a, get a car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, even though they probably, the knowing Brighton, they probably travelled further than if oh, they'd yeah. done the course in a car in that yeah, period yeah, of time. That, but, that you know, true. it's fine. Yeah.
4: Yes. Anyway, in guitar-related
2: news, well, guitar-related news, a bit of a weird one, and is in the early stages. But on Instagram, I follow Hovercraft Amplifiers because yes. they make some great amps. They make and great every amps. Time I see, you've bought, every time you've I bought see, two,
4: haven't
2: you? I have bought two. Well, every time I was going to say every time I see your band, I kind of I miss the first one that I sold you, and which then was the, a and then,
4: Twenty.
2: Yeah, serial number one, two. Seven I of two
4: hundred and fifty, I believe.
2: Yeah, something like that. I can't, I can't quite remember. But he, um, he put on there the other day. He always posts pictures of amps or motorbikes because he mods motorbikes. And I think the towards the last part of last year, he basically said, "I'm going back down to a one man operation." So he just works out of his workshop. And he put a picture of a Dwarvenort twenty head case, just just the shell, in pink Tolex. Oof. So I just like emailed him out of the blue and went. What are you going to do with that pink amplifier? And he's like, "Oh well, sort of saving it for something special." But perhaps we could collaborate on a uh, thing, you know? I hit him with all the the guitar nerd stuff. I was like, "Ah, oh, all the spiel, you know." And he was like, "Oh, well, you, you know, you guys are the best." Of course, I want to do something with you. Oh,
4: that'd
1: be great. Um,
2: um, so d- I, I, don't know. Perhaps we, perhaps we might start talking about um, some sort of a hovercraft, collaborative amplifier. Amp-head. Yeah,
4: oh, yeah, that's what um, we want. Um, that would be amazing because he's
2: a one man uh, one man band as it were and he also mods motorbikes for people he's currently away at a motorbike show so we're going to sort of start talks and yeah potentially a pink guitar nerds collaborative that sounds incredible um, hovercraft amplifier which I think would be um, would be awesome because we could take all our input into it and Kind of make something sort of pretty special, and yeah. it'll be in pink—the the ultimate <laughs> the colour. guitar neck color. Matt, for mm. our listeners who um,
4: who aren't aware of Hovercraft, could you explain a, a little bit about the company and what they do?
2: Yeah, so Hovercraft amplifiers are a amp building company out of portland oregon which seems to be the place if you're the manufacturer of custom build amplifiers right. or pedals who else makes amps out that out of portland oregon uh there is <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> the name escapes me now there's there's quite a few there's quite a few on um, re, like small boutique ones right, that right, i've seen see. on like reverb. but i think a dwarf dwarf craft? devices from there Mate, there's say, a whole say, load of pedals we're not gonna there. we're
1: not gonna fact check yeah just say it with confidence
2: yeah 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 no i can't say it with confidence because okay. there's too many um but yeah so he started modding amplifiers um i think about five or six years ago something like that right and he's just built p- like picked up like a massive cult following around See, his amps because for a long a- time he was the only one building them yeah um Then they sort of got a team behind him. His website's always been sort of like really basic and really bare bones. Um, He did make a, uh, a Hello Kitty
4: Dwarvenor at one time, didn't he? Which I believe picked up in value quite a
2: bit. He did, yeah. So, I mean, he basically very rarely ever sends out any mail outs, never really does anything on social. And then every few months he'll be like, oh, I built this amplifier. If you go onto his website, like straight away, there's not barely anything on his website. Yeah, if if you go onto his website, listeners, you'll find
4: that you you can't even really work out what he makes. (laughs) (laughs) It's sort of like a list of things that he has made, but no real indication of whether stuff's like current line or or discontinued. It's it's quite it's hard to work out, but you can roughly get the idea that if you email the guy, he can probably build you a good
2: amp. That's yeah, and I mean, bear in mind, it took him six weeks to respond to my email. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he's kind of like, yeah, he doesn't necessarily, I don't know. I think he's just kind of slowly just plodding along. As
4: um as you've bought two, Matt, uh, what sort of lead time are you looking at on a
2: purchase? I think if you managed to get hold of him and he was going to build you a custom one, I would imagine sort of two to three months that's
4: okay i mean that's you know that's better that's a better time uh scale than you'd be looking at for a custom built guitar from most
2: yeah yeah considering that i think sometimes this stuff's built from the ground up some of his is like recycled like other amplifiers and things like that um yeah i I suppose and usually it's like they come with loads of different options but all of those have been like sort of removed from the website because you used to be able to just go in and dial up a load of options and then just like send it off and someone would build it but I think he had a much bigger team working for him at that point so now it's just yeah just him Mm. Bizarre Sounds like quite a cool existence I think he does it all out of his like his garage as well just sitting there building motorbikes building amplifiers They are proper
4: super cool amplifiers so Jay Cross. Running around the room rather slowly today.
1: Yeah. How are you? How I'm, has your week been? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, week's been good. I uh, I went and uh, recorded a demo from my, with my new band this yes, week. Yes. Well, you half, did. half a demo. Um, we did we did a lot of it. We didn't finish it. Uh-huh. We thought we'd maybe finish it. In one How day. many days did you? Oh, you just did a day. Yeah, one right. day. We thought we'd be able to get three songs done in a day. Of course. Just a demo, you know, whatever. But actually, it turned out that. Um the we you know, we got everything sounding really good and we were like, okay, we should probably do this properly then. So oh, that's we, cool. Uh, yeah, so it was good. Um so drums sound sound really good. Uh and then I I mean, I don't know what it was, a Natal kit, I think. Uh huh. Um and then yeah, my my bass was uh was my my Your- bass yeah, my, well, it
4: was your your fender precision base because you P-Base, have a 2012. 2000. Um,
1: it's a little bit earlier than that. Oh, it's, is it? It's not 2012 because 2012 is when they put the custom, custom shop, shop pickups. In. pick-ups oh, it's, it's pre that. It's pre oh, okay. 2012. So it's
4: very nice. You've got uh, you've ridiculous. got a sort of relatively reliced um, Olympic white p base with a torque guard. Yeah, the person. It, who, it's a maple neck. As it's well, a maple
1: it? neck. Yeah, the person who owned it before me. I'm pretty sure was a, a fairly heavy smoker, right? Uh, so it's gone that like really sort of like m- like murky, creamy color that Arctic White goes when it's yeah, like that's it's, cool though. It is really cool. Yeah, I do. I, I we've had the conversation about this before, but I do really want to get a shell pink plate for it. Like I, I don't wanna, know
4: if that would work. I know I you've said it before because we spoke about this with you for offset my, for my Offset telly, yeah. I I don't know if. Plates can ever go outside of the realms of. I don't really white, like tall black. Yeah, but what about mint or parchment?
2: A mint is the worst one in my what? opinion. What?
4: What are you talking about? Like an Olympic white strap. I don't want it to look. Min- what are you talking about? An Olympic white strap with a mint board and a mint board, and pa- a mint, board, a, a, mint <laughs> a mint scratch plate, and
2: parchment um, single coils. Uh, Come on, if, that's it, if one. it's white, it should. If it's white, I think tort guard looks the best.
1: I, I just, I just don't really like tort, and like I know that that's not what you're supposed to say because it's and. It, well, it's a I, bit busy, isn't it? Well I know it's vintage correct and I've been getting a lot of flack recently for uh but exacerbated by you, I think. Uh what? it's your your uh determination to ridicule me for or put me on the spot in discussing modern guitars right. has uh, has <laughs> has caused has caused people to come out of the woodwork and uh and have a go at me, which is fine. But like to to sort of like cut across that I just don't really
4: like tortoise taught- I just don't really like talk guards no that's cool I, 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 there's something to be said for the simplicity and plainness of the you know well I don't like white white not plates. white and white they always look white black white always look uh, sorry I mean yeah white, white and white yeah yeah, yeah yeah I'd never go white and white but I do think like parchment or mint looks cool maybe black just, is a bit like it's too Ramonesy
1: that doesn't that's not a thing too yeah. Ramonesy yeah. yeah no 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 what do you mean two remotes?
4: Well, on? it just looks a bit try hard 70s punk.
1: I I don't understand why you're I, saying this is a negative. I can't I yeah, can well. But anyway, uh yeah, my so we went Mark base into an Ampeg uh, well, SVT.
4: Oh sorry, Mark base into an Ampeg SVT.
1: Mark base Mark base into an Ampeg not SVT. Ampeg
4: um
1: x classic classic oh, 8x10. right.
4: Because of course like, you you were messaging around on the morning to was, see if you could get hold I of could, an amp borrow an amp Head. and then i and just borrowed marks, borrowed mark's. Well, yeah.
1: which, i just didn't which, really want to go around and bother him but in the end yeah, yeah. i
4: did go around and bother oh, him. which is a great because he's got the first series of, of and Marvel's. they sound great well it's before they had a digital power stage so they're actually great they're solid state um completely solid state amps i think they they sound good did you use like a bb1x or a um i used i did i took my bb1x and i tried it amp.
1: I tried it, and the Sansamp sounded a lot better. Really, well, the BB One X yeah. is,
4: is pretty hot or not. I find, yeah, because sure. like, we've said it loads of times, but I use it as a drive pedal, not as a preamp. Yeah, um, the Sansamp is just has a lot more range in it, has a lot more versatility. So. Yeah, and especially with something as sort of plain as as a Mark base, the 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 Sansamp's ideal for going with that.
1: Yeah, and it was good. We we sort of we utilise the you know like the through. Um, section of the uh of the sounds the, amp. Sounds amp. the direct so, out yeah so we took this so um the affected signal we put that into the di and we just yeah. mic'd up the sort of just the the raw sound of the p bass into the uh into the mark bass into the into the eight by ten yeah it I sounded th- amazing so where where we recorded we recorded in a studio called south sea sound uh which is in south sea in portsmouth and um the live room is on the ground floor and then the control room is on the first floor right and like it's all pretty it's all like really well soundproofed but um we like went down and like plugged the the uh plug you know got everything synced up and ready to go and uh i started just i started playing and i was like i think there's maybe there's like a delivery or something happening outside like there might be like a crane going down there it was so rumbly and i just it, it like we, were, I've stood directly above this eight by ten that was cranked up <laughs> most of the way, and it was just making the building shake. It was incredible; like you couldn't hear it, you could just feel it, and it was absolutely amazing. I forgot how much like I do actually like recording. Yeah, it's one of those things where you sort of, when you don't do it for ages, you think, oh god, it's going to be a nightmare. Like oh, I'm going to get my parts wrong, blah 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 blah, and like I did everything more or less like second time or something like that so it's fine but it's actually really fun
3: yeah
4: like, it is loads of fun if you like go and do it properly it's, it's really really fun speaking of um of like uh, ampeg 810s and things like that i once did a um a recording uh a while ago in brighton electric where i was going through a very uh, purist phase and uh, and I wanted to do all my bass parts like completely uh, without any effects. I just wanted to use the old vintage amps. And so I was using my P-Bass. But we had a, a section that I needed to uh, to double-track a part, and it needed to be distorted. The problem was that the amp I'd booked out, not thinking about it, was an Ampeg SVT-2. Okay. Which, if either of you are familiar with the controls, it doesn't have an input and output volume. It just has a master oh right so
1: so super clean
4: yeah so the only way to drive it was to put it in the middle of the drum room and just turn it up on full and (laughs) the uh the the big glass screen into the recording room was like was vibrating was physically shaking with the volume that a cranked svt2 through an 810 amazing yeah yeah they're the best um, I, I I should actually also mention because I haven't mentioned it yet. But uh, Jay Cross, you're in the chat this evening on yeah. YouTube because we are streaming this live on. What what are we streaming this live on? On um, YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. What is you... it? What is it called? It's Guitar Nerd's videos. That's Guitar it is, Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. youtube Help me out with the link. So, Sorry, um... I I
1: thought that was your oh, like sort of thing. like your sort of like stumbly voice is the same as your like. I'm going to tell a joke oh, and right. they're not gonna realise that it's a joke. Oh, I think, so no, I thought no, that, that you were, I thought yeah, I thought you were gonna give me some grief over oh, something. No. Yeah, no, it was completely genuine. Guitar nerds videos, yeah. Youtube.com forward slash guitar nerds videos. nerds videos. So yeah, feel
4: free to ask questions.
1: Speaking of, when I when I went into log on when I went to log on to this page, I uh, I happened to notice that whilst on the front page, on the like sort of our front page of YouTube here, we're streaming live and also NASA are streaming live. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, Who's got more views? Uh, yeah, NASA have got more views. Really? Yeah, I know. Weird, isn't it? What space do they do? Go to
2: space and that? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, filming, they're filming... The, they're
1: filming the Earth from Matthew space. And Matthew McConaughey. So um, thanks very much to the bunch of people that are watching us instead of the Earth from space. I mean, I can't space. think of anything uh, we've more We've just boring. lost a couple of, uh, couple of watches. Yeah, everyone's so. just realised. <laughs> oh,
4: really? NASA? <laughs> Um uh so yeah so this week I um I got a delivery of my I shared it on the on the Facebook group so you may have seen it already listeners but I got uh my um electric death pedals yeah comedian uh coctoir pedal yes so how did you find out about this so um there were this it's a it's a one man operation in Brighton, Electric Death Pedals. Um and actually in uh in the guitar store I work out uh in in GAK, Alex, the uh one of the shop managers, um was talking to the guys from electric death pedals about getting his pedals in uh in stock, uh, as as we were sort of expanding our boutique range. Um, and Electric Death Pedals are a very, very new company. So at the moment, they only exist on Instagram. I don't think they, they have a Facebook or, or anything like that. You, you have to email the fellow directly in order to order a pedal or get a pedal. But the range he does is substantial. If you can find on Instagram Electric Death Pedals, he does actually, I did share this image as well, but he's done a few of those, you know, those sort of artsy, um, top down pictures on a wooden yeah. floor of all his pedals arranged neatly um, but the range is substantial and some of them are really interesting he's he, I mean interest, interesting effects anyway but um, he takes a lot of pride in their appearance which I think is cool there was some discussion on the Facebook group over whether or not like the look of a pedal should ever Impact on you buying it, but I kind of think like when you're collectors like all of we are, then yes, it absolutely does. And, and I, I really like that he themes things. He did some like aliens themed ones, some um, uh, some Terminator themed pedals. Um, there's like a pulse rifle pedal from aliens, which is really cool. And he did a, a whole series of Watchmen pedals. There's a Dr. Manhattan pedal, and there's a the greatest superhero of all time, the comedian pedal. There isn't a Rorschach one. That's uh, got to be coming. That's got to be. Some is, sort of surely drive it should, pedal, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, something, something like that. Yeah, but the, uh, but yes. Yeah, so I got the comedian, which is a, a cocked which is such. Um, it, it it's such a great sound. Obviously, I didn't really um, get it for for bass. It's not especially the sort of thing that would work on a bass guitar. But I think it's such a great um, tonal alternative for lead parts that's often overlooked in in yeah. in favor of. Um, a, a different sounding drive, or or um, or maybe like a clean boost or something. But a cocteau can really give something to your playing, and I think a, a cocktail, um in front of a uh, a fuzz uh, as well can create some really some yeah. really sort of interesting and unique sort of tonal options. That, that sort of quacky um, uh, sort of Hendrixy seventies sound. So if you put perfect. it after a
2: looper, you can kind of do all sorts of weird. Uh sort of like tonal shifts I was just I just found his Instagram and he's got an amazing one called Double Trouble which is the two like hands coming together in the fist from uh, Predator in the bit where Arnold Schwarzenegger meets Carl Weathers yeah and possibly the greatest man shake of all time (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> yeah, it's great. I, I love the cultural references that um, the Electric Death Pedals come from. And actually, I have to say, like, a uh, presentation, when I received it, it was in uh, this really lovely uh, sort of black box um, with a band round it that was wax sealed with the um, with the Electric Death logo, uh, which, you know, like wax stamp sealed, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, um, that's cool. And, it, and they all come, all his pedals come with a little note about them, Uh, about what inspired him to make the pedal, about what other sorts of effects he thinks would work well with this. It was really, like, really lovely personal touch and I thought a really interesting, cool, unique company.
2: It's strange, because I'm just looking on his Instagram and it's, like, all these, like, amazing-looking pedals that are kind of just, like, one-offs. And I suppose you kind of got to, like, always try and do something different and then, like, find your pedal voice within that because it's got to be so expensive. It's not, like cheap to kind of do a different enclosure every time and screen print it differently every time and of course build a different circuit every time once you mass produce something or you make something on bulk obviously you can buy components but like some of his stuff is yeah i like the little he made a a valve overdrive that looks like an orange pedal that's actually an orange tolex
4: yeah it's actually tolex he's also done a marshall uh you know sort of that, that really you know brings the yeah. Yeah, the, it's the term in home, a term home, like amp-in-a-box amp term where he's actually sort of tolexed and wooden surrounded the uh, the effects, which is quite funny. I think they're really cool, really super unique.
1: <laughs> I mean, there's, something's just come up in the chat here. Robin has asked, how's he not going to get sued? And I think that, you know, maybe that's one yeah. of the reasons why it's a small-time company on yeah, Instagram, you know. And I actually, think, yeah. us talking about it probably isn't doing anybody any favours. Well, yeah. Yeah, I, I think know,
2: um, so. these companies have bigger fish to fry I yeah, think maybe I were. don't
1: know I, yeah maybe I mean I don't the know orange that, I think the, the cost
2: said, of trying to sue someone who's making a couple of pedals in I,
1: I the don't know, I don't in, know that the that's,
2: seaside
1: I don't know that it's necessarily true though because I was doing some reading a little while back when we, we spoke a couple of weeks ago I really ago, don't think we should be telling big companies about how easy it no, is no, to sue no 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 I just I, I spoke I, we spoke a couple of weeks ago about um, how pedal train have sort of mon- kind of monopolised oh, yeah, that yeah. Um, well they've they've uh, tr- um, not trademarked, uh, they've patented. patented thank you the um the design of a slatted uh pedal ball that comes down at an angle, yeah, and from what uh from doing some reading on a couple of forums, what somebody said was um they actually have to challenge every design that looks similar to that because if they don't, someone can use that as precedent to say, well, you know they didn't challenge this." so yeah. therefore they so you know i i don't you know yeah you're probably right we shouldn't go down the route of encouraging people to sue people who are doing cool creative things on a small uh, small scale And that's absolutely not what we're doing here. But uh, yeah, just I thought it was interesting as a way to bring it back around to guitars, how that's the that's sort of the deal with pedal train right now. Very weird. Yeah,
4: absolutely. So anyway, that's kind of our intros uh, over. Um, And I wanted to rather than us uh, speaking about news, because actually at the moment we are having a a kind of an epic news lull in the the sort of the couple of weeks uh, following Nam Twenty. Seventeen, so uh, I wouldn't expect any big releases now for kind of a month or two. So, uh, in its uh, in in the stead of um, of news, I wanted to kind of pose a question to uh, to Matt and Jay, or really sort of talk about a subject. Um, and so, I guess this week I wanted to talk about guitars that have broken boundaries, or um, or to put it another way. Um, guitars that were ahead of their time okay (laughs) yes and and of course like like we we spoke about this before when uh, Matt you and I spoke about this when when we were when we were talking about uh, doing this subject you mentioned well you know of course in in many ways the Telecaster and the Les Paul were guitars that were ahead of their time but we were this this line of uh, discussion is more aimed at guitars that were ahead of their time but so ahead of their time that they didn't catch
2: on and in some cases still haven't caught on um yeah it's, it's funny because i think even today you kind of get guitars that i try i suppose it's so difficult to try and do something different and then it actually take off like i was talking about um was it Strandberg last week you know it's like to kind of to go right i'm going to be a guitar builder and not build something that looks remotely like a strat telly or a les paul you know actually do something like super radically different and go who's into this and i suppose in a way you've kind of got like pull it back slightly because you know i saw some pretty far out guitar designs and we talked about a couple last week and they keep popping up and it's like what at what point do you like cross the line where like yeah, this is too far yeah. whereas just before that line you're like this is far enough that people will be into it but it's not going to be well i suppose in a way with these ones ahead of ahead of their time
4: well at, at, actually separately from the list i've put together because of course this this list is very retrospective we're going to look at some old totally cool guitars that, that were really really forward-thinking at the time but actually one that that occurred at uh that occurred that, that was there at Nam 2017, and I can't remember the name of the brand. I don't think I actually spoke to you guys about it. I think someone shared it on the group, and I can't find the thread now, and I can't remember the name of the brand, even though I did follow their page. I'm just waiting for their page, something that they write to appear in my feed. There was a modular guitar brand. At Nam 2017. If anyone in the chat, or if uh or if anyone on on the group afterwards listening modular to this, guitar. is what, it was. It was a modular guitar brand, and it was a great idea. I, I loved it. It was hilarious as much as it was absolutely brilliant. So, well, there, I've
2: I've talked about it before, and there was a guitar brand at one point that had holes in the back of the guitar, like a uh-huh. big square hole that you could put different wood blocks in. Yeah, to yep. like. That's right. Gives your guitar like tonal variation,
4: and of course, the Dan Armstrong, the Plexiglass range of guitars they did had removable pickups. Do you remember you could get a bladed, a bladed like P90 or a bladed
2: humbucker? Yeah. Um, and you could and, move them up and down the the neck, or yeah. up and down under the strings.
4: Yeah, exactly. And of course, even Gibson did that as well uh, with the uh, with the Ripper bass. the the uh, The pickup in that was movable up and down. But this this was fully modular. So the fella is sitting there with a um, a rosewood necked, uh, double humbucking flying V, and he flicks um, a little catch at the back and takes off the two wings of the flying V and fits two strap wings he then unclips the back where the pickups are pulls the whole middle of the guitar out and fits a three single coils on on a on a different block so it's blocks that either have you know two humbuckers fitted into like the whole mid section of your guitar essentially yeah right so he fits in a block with three singles on he then unclips something else slots out the fretboard what? And puts
2: a maple board in because ah. there
4: are aluminium necks. Yeah, yeah. And he could slot the maple neck in. Yeah, I you? saw this
2: guitar. Yeah, did you? I saw this guitar at Anderton's. What? a guy bought one in and he? Oh well, it, it was certainly similar to this. He okay. bought this guitar in that was like a metal neck that had a removable fretboard. Yes, yes, that's like removable pickups. Like everything could just be like clipped and unclipped. Yeah. So whether that was the same guy or not and he was basically trying to make it out of like flight grade aluminium yes so everything was, was that was the
4: other thing so the uh the flying v was actually hollow it was just the shape of a flying v in in red the strap was white and was solid but it, it, it was uh, yeah i think it was actually maybe. just a, um,
2: just a, a plastic uh, although a, the one that i'm seeing here is i've just had a quick look was it Meg guitars? Mm, No, a modular electric guitar.
1: Meg was something that you sent us. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Meg's different. Yeah. um, Uh, No, they're
4: they're not uh, they're not the same. They're they're a company that's been going around about for a while. And yeah, I've I've read about them. But no, this was like a brand new 2017 thing. I actually thought it was really cool. Um, I didn't catch a a price point for for the guitars. I meant to do some more research on them. Um, Probably really expensive. The Adapto. Uh, I, no, it's not. No, see because. So I think there have obviously been a few brands that have tried it, but this one managed to make it look quite cool. And uh, I just how much? How much is it? I don't. Well, I don't know. That's
1: the thing. Point I that's can't come remember up, the point, name of the brand. A point that's come up in the chat here is like. Isn't that just going to be more expensive than buying <laughs> well, than buying three, three <laughs> guitars, than,
4: than buying a Flying V and a strap, for example? Probably not, and it's going to be more convenient to carry around because you can literally, literally take, like, I don't know, a hold-all bag with your spare other fretboard and pick-up options <laughs> and body shape.
1: I mean, presumably these <laughs> are... Presumably these are, like, the majority of them are 3D printed.
4: Yeah, I would I would So,
1: imagine. I mean, the thing is, is, like, you know i can see maybe not this year but probably next year or you know within the next couple of years you know how like the last couple of years have seen um like we've been in this place of like people making boutique and cheap boutique pedals um like have become like a big thing yeah you know you don't have to spend a lot of money to get a cool limited boutique pedal and then you can go nowadays we're looking at sort of like you know you look at um uh, Strymon? Uh, no, Amps. Um, the little pink one that we had. Um, the one that uh, nearly won gear of the honey, year. Honey, honey boy, boy. Honey Boy, thank you. Complete, I went went blank for a sec. Uh, the Honey Boy, um, you know, you're looking at, that. now we've got amp companies making yeah. small, cheapish boutique amps. With the rise of 3D printing, oh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing a lot of this, like, sort of, you know, real customised... Um, like, uh,
4: modern, guitar, like boutique guitars. Well, for uh, not
1: a huge amount of money.
4: Yeah, yeah, I, I imagine so. I mean, sort of on that line, not quite sort of boutique guitars, but um, well, actually, I mean, I guess kind of, um, you know, Chapman guitars are sort of in in that sort of not doing not doing like three D printed. No, though, not three D printed, but it is like an affordable sort of boutique guitar. And actually, kind of on on that line, have you? I, I think I'm saying the thing wrong, but I think they're called. Something ridiculous like Eagle Centres or something like that. We've got one in Brighton. It's a Barclays-funded arts centre. What? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, it's Barclays trying to cover up for sort of, you know, investing all our money in missiles by having some sort of, uh, <laughs> some sort of like cultural arts centre for, for people in the middle of cities. But anyway, they've got one, and it includes, uh, it's not Eagle Centre, It's it's it, but it's equally NAF uh, a name. But anyway, they've... Uh,
0: Bombus. big comfort for everyone go to bombus.com slash acast and use code acast for 20 percent off your first purchase that's bombus.com slash acast code acast
4: they have in there like a laser etching machine that you can go in and you can be trained on you can go in of like i think it's friday evenings they do training sessions and then once you're trained you can then book a, a, a time to use it and um uh, a fella uh, who I vaguely know in Brighton has uh, learned how to do this and is now offering his um, his ability to do that to um, laser etch finishes on guitars. Oh, So, very neat. so okay. textured yeah. finishes, loads, loads of like um, uh, geometric uh, designs on on guitars and things like that, which is totally super cool. I thought it was a, a really interesting, unique and Example of like something that we just wouldn't have access to or wouldn't be affordable, you know, sort of 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, from. absolutely, absolutely. But, uh, but back on track, so uh, in, in this sort of line of, you know, guitars that were ahead of their time, I wanted to talk about a brand that I don't think we've ever spoken about. And um, if, if you've heard of this brand uh, in, in the live chat or, or listeners afterwards, then let us know, because this, this was new to me when I was researching, um, Electra is the name of the company. And they made a specific range of guitars called the MPC Series, which started in 1971. And what was, um, what was really unique about these guitars um, was that they ran off of a 9-volt battery. This is 1971. Okay. And um, essentially had two modular circuits... Uh, inside the guitar, yeah, um, that uh, that dealt with that were effects. Okay, built in, built in, but they were modular, yeah, built in effects. Yeah, so they did. They did twelve. They did a set of twelve different effects, and you could fit yeah. whatever two you wanted, and and control was- them because they did. They made them. They were made. They were Japanese. They were made in what's the name of the famous factory? I always forget.
2: Matt Knight. These ones, I don't know if these ones were built in. I was just having a look, because um, I know we were talking about and the Roland guitar earlier. I don't know if these were built in the same. Oh, okay. Factory. Oh, yeah. Maybe
4: I'm wrong, but they they were Japanese nonetheless, weren't they? And they, uh, they. I think um,
2: yeah, because I've got a feeling that in the sort of seventies, there was just a lot of Japanese engineers and companies building these guitars, and then. I say like the Nam Show. They would turn up at the Nam Show, and then like someone would take them on in America to distribute them, and that's why they kind of made it into the like Western market. Yeah. But then they never really took off, probably due to expense. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the circuits that they came with, and I'm like, or you could buy, and I'm like, they had they yeah, like incredible. a phaser, yeah, a cry, basically a crybaby, power drive,
4: a phase shifter. Uh, an octave box yeah there there were there were loads and and the the cool thing about them the they they did like les paul shapes but they also they they did become popular for a short time because um they their most famous models were actually like a signature model for the outlaws and the yeah. the, the guitars Weird. the guitars were uh named uh after the after the band but they were uh, a very strange and unique um, sort of double cut shape with a really fat bottom and then where you would normally have your sort of Les Paul um, rhythm treble switch uh, instead of there they've got like a rotary where you would select the, between the effects and different pickups so the rotary dealt with like seven or ten different options which were each a different pickup with a different one of your effects and yeah it, it really weird but um, I, I found like a blog on, on the guitar um uh about the guitar where a fella's talking about how he worked in a guitar shop in the states in the 70s and he's saying you would be appalled now at how many people came in and chopped in their gibson les Pauls. oh wow and and walked out with an electra mpc because i guess then it was you know it was the
2: latest thing well, that's the thing, you know, the resurgence of a uh, 59 Les Paul was due to the kind of British explosion of kind of blues, you know, Eric Clapton, Peter Green, after Les Paul, 59 Les Pauls were basically discontinued and no one wanted them. So, you know, then I suppose you take it another 10 years and you're looking at 20-year-old guitar. Why would you want to buy a 20-year-old there's pull when you can get this thing that's got effects in it <laughs> yeah
1: yeah that's it but um, um so so rory in the chat here is just saying that um he seems to remember that each each effect had two control knobs yeah. uh that came through um i wonder if you were able to like could you like choose the could you could it be like early pedal boards like could you choose the order in which they went in like delay into reverb or like like doing something weird like delay into fuzz or something like that do you know what i mean like
4: yeah I've, I've no idea the ins and outs of it i mean the the uh the guitar came other than its rotary it had four um four normal uh knob controls and then two very oversized like two-way switches on there as well but right. I, I'm i'm not sure the ins and outs of the um of the controls, but yeah, just what a ridiculous and, and. But the thing is, at the time, like we're talking about that about that being ridiculous, right? Yet the variax surely is a standard thing. This was a variax in 1971, an analog variax though. Yeah, but but you know, <laughs> which powered- may which inherently makes it a lot cooler. That it's true. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why this didn't. I don't know why this hasn't stood the test of time, like. The the Variax, the the Gibson Firebird X, these are all versions of
1: that. Because I I don't think people want. They don't want to control their effects with their guitar. The the Variax sales. I suppose it's a case to suggest otherwise. Yeah, of course not. But I think the amount of non Variax
4: guitars. Yeah, well, yeah, true, but it's still a, a, a good enough sales to keep that guitar alive for nearly twenty years now.
2: Yeah, although the Variax is like more guitar modeling than it is true effects, I think, isn't it? And true. I think guitar modeling maybe is something slightly different, but it's that kind of thing as like just because you can make it, should you? <laughs> yeah, there,
4: there, there is that. Uh,
2: you know, it's it's kind of a weird one. I mean, I see there's still a company in some way, shape or form. I, I, They've got I a website and everything. That ridiculous i wonder if they they still make make it the same guitars
4: Ah, that's a shame that's a shame because that would be (laughs) But i suppose
2: it's it's one of those things where guitar people like different guitar sounds but then when you start adding effects people like "Mm, i'd rather have a pedal and it's and it's kind of weird because well modeling a guitar is the same sort of thing really speaking then of guitars that offered you more guitar related
4: controls I don't think we can talk about guitars that were ahead of their time without mentioning the Epiphone Professional Outfit, which we have spoken about a
2: few times before.
4: Matt Knight, would you be confident to talk us through the yeah, I mean, think you I, know a bit this, about I this. I don't think
2: you? this was the one that came with the amp as well, That's, that's right. You could only because buy it as Because I saw this at the Gibson Museum. Yeah. Uh, well, I the Epiphone Museum when I went. And, yeah, I don't think many of these exist no well they um, actually I think it was like 200 i think something
4: like that I think it was the it was the first or one of the first things that um the Epiphone that Gibson did with Epiphone so it was one of the first things that happened since um the uh the Epiphone Gibson merger I think now these were only made for 2 years between 62 and 64 um and yeah it was it was an outfit it was a guitar that came with um an amplifier but the amplifier was very unique in that it
2: had one control and everything else basically everything else was on the guitar yeah and you controlled everything on the amp via the guitar that's right and was
1: it a um was it just a standard uh like standard
4: jack input
2: nope no right i think it was a special cable
4: yeah a really Um, chunky like alarmingly chunky sort of custom cable that wasn't even a standard thing on the market specifically designed for this it was kind of like looked a bit like an oversized midi right it was like a multi-pin circular in and yeah so the the guitar itself then came with and it was it was the layout of the controls on this which was I think mad as well because it had the volume and tone for the guitar the guitar that it came with just had a single humbucker in the neck position um, and it, it was a 335 style guitar and it had one volume and one tone control for the guitar in the normal position but the controls for the amplifier were above the strings so as in where they would be if you were a left handed player playing a right handed guitar as in where you're going to knock them Oh, I see, right, okay, yeah, gotcha. But, um. But yeah, Matt, do you know much more about these and how they work, like the tonal options that you got?
2: Yeah, so basically I had a thing called the Tone Expressor, which are the five switches, and now if I remember rightly, this was like variable tone controls, so like preset, EQ. You could then turn reverb and tremolo on and off via switches. You then had reverb and mount, and then tremolo... Um, tremolo Depth and then like a frequency control which was all on the like upper part of the guitar so above the low e string um, and then you had standard volume and tone for the guitar neck pickup um it's just a crazy design yeah so so weird but i suppose it's yeah like i say with things that are kind of a bit ahead of their time with well, the variax i suppose when we talk about the dream rig that I had for a while, Variax into Pod into DT25, yeah. where you're physically controlling analog valve, you know, you're digitally controlling the valve state or the, you know, what valves you're running, which preamp valves you're running, and adding effects all from the guitar. It is effectively the same thing, except this was all analog. Yeah, yeah,
4: exactly. It um, was uh, a, a ridiculously ahead of its time guitar. I guess not something that we've have. There has there been anything since? Is there anything modern that requires an amp? I mean, I guess Gibson returned to this sort of thing with the Firebird X. The Firebird. The pro, Okay, so oh, well, we should explain what a Firebird X. So, is. That's what I was going to do.
1: Yeah. The, so the, the Firebird X was a guitar that came out in like 2012. I want to say 2012, 2013. And um, the problem there was there was a couple of problems with it. So it was a weird-looking futuristic Firebird that had that came with its own like pedal board, and you could um, you could change the effect. It had like built-in effects and stuff, and you could. Matt, is that right? Am I remembering this correctly? Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. You- so, <laughs> but a lot of the effects oh. were on the guitar. They were on like the top. Uh, the, yes the, they the, were the shoulder they... am I saying that yeah it's, it's yeah it's yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. like on the very top so you'd look down at where you'd find a tuner on an electro acoustic yeah. that was that was where the controls were
1: so the like you know it had all these effects built in and it was designed to be like this ultra modern guitar um for the sort of you know ultra modern guitarists and you know up to that point you, I'm more or less with you that's you know that's fine the problem is is this came at a time when um this this was kind of part of a series that that Gibson produced all ar- all in, around about the same time so 2009 or 2008 we saw the introduction of the Gibson Dusk Tiger
4: i have no idea what that is the
1: dusk tiger was a really horrible looking les paul <laughs> that was the first um uh, with robot tuners, really? not the first oh, with robot tuners. I thought, but like, the, no. X, I thought no. the, the X series was the first. No, not at all robot Tuna. So no, and that's the thing is it, it sort of came as it, like it was the next one in the series. So there was the Dusk Tiger, which came first, right? And um, it had like this like wooden plate on top, and it, well, it uh,
2: no. No? I was gonna say you forgot before that it was the Darkfire. Oh see, I thought the, the Dark
1: fire, the Dark Fire came next. Okay, so in that case, the Dark fire, the Gibson <laughs> Darkfire was first. <laughs> These sound like my guitar. And it was it was awful. And then they brought out the Dusk Tiger, which also had oh, the robot tunes. That is the
4: worst name. And, and, I mean, you can see is, where Apple got so, their name for iOS's.
1: The thing is, is like the the first one that so the Darkfire was like the the robot tuners didn't work very well. Right. It was like a complete like they looked really it was a very esoteric look. Like it was like, yeah, you know, metal. Yeah. And then they brought out the Dusk Tiger, kind of to be like, okay, people didn't like the Dark Fire because of its aesthetics. How'd you like this then? And it was like even worse. Like it looked like <laughs> it looked like a dinner play. It was awful. And then they after the like complete failure that that, that was, they then brought out the Firebird X. Which went completely the other direction. It had loads more stuff on it. The robot tuners were a bit better, but not that much better. There was a
4: problem with the robot tuners on the X. Yes. It was that you couldn't actually tune them off of the guitar. No, you had to use the, the it was the display on yeah. the, you could only see the tuning on yeah. the on the foot pedal. The other issue
1: is that it only came in this like super bonkers finish. Okay? Yes. So the, my problem with all of these guitars that Gibson did is it was all or nothing. Yeah, it was either right. You want something weird? You want something looks weird and does loads of weird stuff. Here you go. Here's all of that in one. It's like well, not necessarily. And that's why I think something like the Variax has has like relatively stood the test of time because they look. Kind of normal, like they don't look super normal, but like yeah. they look relatively normal. I'd like you know?
4: to be James Tylers
1: well, Whereas the I Firebird think... X was just so out there; it was never yeah. going to be, and it was three I mean, and a half grand. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that was the, the, the crazy thing. Is it's like I remember because you know I worked in the store the whole you know the whole way through the introduction of Robot Tune on Gibson, all the way through to Firebird X, and and then obviously onto kind of. 2015, when it was only robot tuners, and the one thing that I always thought was brilliant that never ever took off, and they only did it on I think the Dusk Tiger, maybe the Dark Fire, because it definitely wasn't on as far as I remember on the Firebird X, was Chameleon Tone, which uh, was you can the, those two guitars, Dark Fire and Dusk Tiger, came with a particular interface box that you had to plug into your computer. Then allowed you to do custom tunings, so completely customizable tunings, and then completely customizable pickups. You could actually change the EQ curve of the pickups. You could, um, because you had two humbuckers and a piezo, you could even change the EQ curve of the piezo to change different type of like acoustic sounds, oh, basically. That's, that's amazing. Like that's a completely like modular instrument in terms of the way you could make it sound. But because the guitar was so expensive, and I'm assuming the R&D cost was so expensive, they never recouped the cost, so the technology never really took off because it didn't get in hands of enough people. Yeah, yeah. And the problem was they were saying, oh, if you need to send it back, you've got to send it back to, to Gibson because it needs to go on a special like anti-static table and be repaired. <laughs> and it's like, honestly, it's so honestly. You know, <laughs> and, and that was the one thing, because I honestly thought the Dust Tiger was brilliant for that. The difficulty being a store guy for that time was it was almost impossible to demo. And that was the problem with the Firebird X was that you had to plug in these two bluetooth.
4: <laughs>
1: it, was bluetooth. Pedals. it was oh, bluetooth. It was bluetooth. That was it the Wait, When pedals. did it come
4: out?
2: Didn't you say it was like 2012?
4: No, I think
1: the dust t- the X was might have been earlier. I early. think it was 20
2: I think it was, it was 2011 was I think. Oh, it it came they out. went 2011, bluetooth yeah, in 2011 I know. 2011. I know. But it was is- I remember <laughs> that moving the the foot pedals were motorised so if you move the volume knob on the guitar it moved the foot pedal what I think I only demoed it for a customer once yeah that's ridiculous (laughs) They were crazy I remember (laughs) um, our friend Nick who um, used to work for Gibson came in and demoed it to me once and it was just like you know because it's got trim and delay and reverb all built into it and that was controllable on the kind of you had the blue coloured top horn then you had the red and the grey one then you had all the the robot tunings at that point weren't the um the ones that go on the back of the headstock they were controlled from the extra volume part so you had to kind of like remember what all the different ones were and then click it down and um it was just like modern guitars ahead of their time definitely and the thing is all that tech just died yeah, yeah. like where did it go yeah, it's, 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 it's so bizarre because well, the amount of time they must have spent in just their comedian tone alone, you know, being able to modulate pick pickups, yeah. you would have and
1: thought. The, the thing is, is it like, you know, I, I really do, you know, I know that you, you give me a lot of grief over saying that I'm looking back to, you know, 1952 and harking back to that beautiful era. And to a certain degree, that's true. But I do think that, like, I do think that. Innovation is important I really do think That innovation is important However I think that innovation Should be moderated And if they'd made The Firebird X And they'd done it in black I don't think we'd be Having quite this conversation Yeah yeah fair enough You know it's Like if they'd done it in Sunburst then, you know, fair enough. The fact that they did it in that, like, bonkers colour, that it just made it so esoteric. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know, I, that's, I hear that's you the thing.
4: Well, speaking of guitars that had absolutely no concept of the word moderation, um, we should talk about one of your uh, company, Matt's, Um uh, previous endeavors in the guitar world the roland gs 500 which was the guitar that started it all the guitar that started it all which actually genuinely it's a guitar that looks like a joke meme about a guitar <laughs> with too many controls on it because there are i i'm i can count them i will guess around 15 knobs and switches on the
2: uh on the gs 500 in total it's so this is a weird one so the gs 500 at the time now i actually bizarrely enough before you even sent the email about what we were going to talk about in the podcast me and my colleague jay were actually having a conversation about stories about particular products throughout the roland and boss history right and the gs 500 actually got stolen before its first ever world debut at this Australian guitar show. What? It got, yeah, it got stolen. Um, so they basically said, but it got stolen without the cable that would connect <laughs> the GR500 <500 laughs> and the GS500. Right, great. So basically, the GS500 also came with a, a, a synthesizer, the GR500, that inter- interconnected with a 24 pin cable. So basically, they valued this guitar at a million dollars because that's the cost of the tech, that they, the R&D that they put into it to build it. What? Oh, but then basically goodness. said, it's worthless because you don't have this cable. And it ended up getting returned. Although it missed the sh- the Australian show for its debut, it did actually get returned. And then they were able to show the guitar that is that's ridiculous so it was almost the thing that was never ever going to be released but it only happened that someone returned it that it basically ended up coming out but effectively the GS500 was the first ever synthesizer guitar yeah um it was built uh, by the Ibanez factory, yes, the yes, Fujigen factory, and in '77, I think. Yeah, yeah, and, and, I mean, and very probably. similar
4: to the to the Electras that we spoke about earlier. Came in a in a in a
2: Les Paul esque uh, finish uh, or body. Yeah, ship. and they, there was a couple of things on here because obviously it was pre MIDI, yeah, and obviously everything was analog. So you were cr- basically controlling a a real analog synthesizer with your guitar,
4: right?
2: But the one thing that was on it that carried on into modern day was that they basically painted it and designed the first ever infinite sustain module for pickups. Um, really? They basically yeah invented an infinite sustain pickup. Because um, the pickups, the pickup
4: with, display on on them is quite weird. The the humbucker obviously at, in the bridge has its own individual pieces, which I assume means so the strings can each be isolated
2: and are, yeah, assigned so it's got an instrument. Yeah, the first. It's got the first ever divided pickup, right? So, like you'd get on uh, a GK pickup now, if you were going to run a GR fifty-five or something similar, this had a divided pickup. So, like a small humbucker for each string, for each string, which would right. then send uh, different, you know, idea, note like. values depending on what string you're hitting. Um, and then, yeah, that went into the GR um, five hundred, which was the the analog synth that kind of basically came with it i have no idea how much these were new but i can only imagine they were really expensive
4: yeah yeah what an absolutely brilliant and bonkers guitar
1: see this is an example like if you look at a picture of this and listeners i hope you get a chance to you know go and check this out if you look at a picture of this this looks like a guitar
4: right what's your point
1: it doesn't look like the, the Gibson oh. Firebird X, like they've done, they've done like a pretty good job of yeah. making this look like the thing that it actually is. Yeah. You know, this is very much right. How can we get some tech into a guitar? Not how can we, yeah, just how,
4: you go know, too do you far. know what I
1: mean? Like that's that's yeah. I think it looks quite. I mean, I, I'm obviously never. I would obviously never buy one. Um,
2: well, but they, it looks all I'd right. yeah. love right. to try one. I'd love. I've seen one, but I've never. I've never plugged one in. I'd love to try it. Um, well, but I'm the, sure you the problem get the is, chance. is that these all too often turn up minus the GR five hundred or minus the cable. Yes, yeah, so um, because I, mean, I actually it, had the third version of this guitar, the seven oh seven, which was their shark fin shaped one with yeah. the massive. When did you have that? It. Yeah, I remember. I the time actually that. bizarre story. So this, I had a Roland. What was it? It was G seven oh. Let me get the right model number. Yeah, G707. Basically, it looks like a shark fin with a horn that goes from the body all the way over the neck yeah. and then joins at the headstock. Because they did a base as well, didn't they? They did. And I saw one last week that had Sims LEDs fitted to the fretboard, which was hilarious. <laughs> um, but basically, when I lived in Brighton, uh, I shared with a few other people. And a guy came to – basically, was moving house. And he had to store all his stuff for a couple of days. And behind all these boxes, I came down and spotted this headstock. and went, Oh, you've got a guitar, and pulled it out. And it was one of these guitars. And he went, Oh, yeah, I've had it for ages, not really into it. And I just went, That's bonkers. I'll buy it off you. And he went, 50 quid? <laughs> so I was like, I will definitely buy that for 50 quid. <laughs> that's um, amazing. So I did. And then I eventually traded it for um, a custom modded Juno 106, which had like wooden end cheeks and was like black oh, cool. with blue LEDs. Um, you, which knows? I you super regret it. now because um, they're, they're worth about they're 700 or eight hundred quid. Wow. There,
4: there was actually a series in between what we've been talking about and that as well. Because they did a they ran a bass version of that as well, and 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 um, and, and Phil Linnett from uh, Thin Lizzy played one for a while, and he he had ripped out all the uh, all the synthesizer electrics and and just used it as an ordinary
2: girl Yeah. yeah. So well, the, the problem is with the 707 was that I didn't have. A a cable and basically you couldn't use it unless you you had a cable. cable?
4: Not have one made.
2: No, well, I did look to have one made, and some company was like it was gonna cost hundreds of pounds because I'm gonna have to custom wire twenty-four pin to like thirteen pin. I was like, I'm sure I'm sure someone with a bit more time and a bit more knowledge can do it. But yeah. uh, yeah. I do miss that guitar though. Ridiculous in so many ways.
4: Well, gentlemen, we are fast coming up on time and we've got to do things like talk about all the uh all, all the various ways you can listen to us and read out the uh, patreon backers and things like that so very quickly i just wanted to get in a little bit of um <clears throat> guitar nerds forum news okay I just thought I'd point out some things that were cool that had happened on the, the forum this week just in case any sort of listeners, viewers missed them or aren't on the forum and wanted to get involved. Um, we had um, the chap at uh, Paragram Guitars uh, a while back post up some uh, um, some 3D renders of a guitar that he was uh, looking to build and asking for our input. And, uh, and a lot of you uh, replied to him, made suggestions, things like that, and he's taken some of those things into consideration and he's now built the uh, the guitar and he's uh, he shared that on our on our group recently but he set up a facebook group for um for this his first guitar build and i'm sure the first of many which is facebook.com forward slash paragram guitars totally worth going to check out and also uh if you haven't seen um someone shared the um skateboard guitars blog um, which is uh, skate spelt in the... Um, Avril, Lavigne Avril Lavigne way. way um, SK8boardguitars.wordpress.com, which is a really awesome and interesting blog and story about how we built um, a laminated Vox Phantom guitar um, out of multicoloured skateboard bits, okay. uh, which is really... Really awesome and unique, and a totally cool guitar. Why isn't there a, v- a Vox Phantom in current production?
1: I think there is, isn't there? But they're just really, they're like a bit cheap and a bit crap.
4: No, that's it's discontinued now. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, they've discontinued it, which is a sad shame. But it was a shame they went for a cheap one. It was like just. Just make them good. Yeah, completely. Completely. The people buy the old ones for loads of money. Just especially make them
1: good. As, especially, and I, you know what? I was actually very surprised that this year um, at Nam there wasn't like uh, a resurgence of those because this is the 60th, 50th?
3: Is it? 70th? Of
1: what? 60th, I think, anniversary of Vox.
3: Really? I think
4: this 1957? Year. There are loads of anniversaries this year. Ashdowner think- twenty-five it's not um, quite as impressive as it Boss have got their DS1 being 40 yeah um, my guitar shop's 25 yeah that's about it
1: but yeah Vox is I think it's 60 I think they were I think they were 957
4: um, does, it, does it count now that they're owned by Korg yeah
1: yeah I think so because it's still Vox isn't
4: it I guess so.
1: Yeah, Which, I they mean, are still you wicked. Ants. You can't. You can't be talking about Epiphone being like, oh, well, great heritage, <laughs> and then you know, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: I think it still counts. Fair enough. They are super cool. Anyway, um, we need to wrap this podcast up. So, uh, Jay Cross, what do we normally do here? We normally say, we, uh, thanks very much, everyone, for listening, and we say where 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 you can listen to us. Where can you listen to us? Um, listen to us. Oh, whatever. Do some stuff. What, what are people supposed to do? Uh,
1: if you are into this podcast and you would like to help support this podcast, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, where you can become a Patreon backer of guitar nerds. Uh, for $1 a month, uh, you just. Uh, don't don't worry about that. Like, it's just a thing. You get no. You, oh, get, you, do, ad you free. get the show. You get oh, you do get you it get an ad, an ad free. free. now. You get the podcast ad free. So maybe podcast. do worry about the podcast. Maybe do worry about that. You get the podcast ad free, and you get the show notes, which is what I've been doing here. Whilst I've been, uh, you, you might hear me drop my pen occasionally. It's on the rare occasion time. that I don't. Uh, I don't catch it when I do a good spin, just like that. Um, or you can, uh, for five dollars a month, you become one of our. Um, our mid-level patreon backers which means you get access to the extra half an hour of podcasts that we record every
4: week which we will be doing in a moment and um have we got like the last episode of branton rant on coming up
1: we are also running a bunch of mini series at the moment uh the final episode of branton's rant on well is
4: it's, it's the mid-series finale series break but it is a finale is i think i need to make that clear it's not a cliffhanger but there are there are proper microphones getting thrown around the room it's good excellent aggressive
1: so uh, we're running a bunch of mini series. there's that I'm going to be doing some stuff uh, interviewing some uh, recording engineers Um, that's coming up Um, we've got a bunch of interviews coming up and stuff like that and for $10 a month you get all of the previous stuff that we just talked about and also your name read out as a huge thanks somewhat like this <laughs> Derek Rich, <Ridge>, Chris Connors, <laughs> Fanny <family>, Joyce, Steve, <laughs> Michael Blair, Tom, Scottish Matcher, Andrew Marco Marcos, Dirty Short, and you can
4: see Brian Pitt, Paul Golden Jack, Cottboy Wing, cut off, Brian, Matt, Quinefield, Johnson, Lori, and Stisburg, David, Colonel, and the Saw.
1: Where did it do? Did
4: That was it.
1: Yeah. Good riff, that. Good intro riff. Yeah, that was actually pretty. I always really spot like, on. I, like Back when I first heard that that song yeah. by Michael Jackson, yeah. I was always like, that sounds great. I wish that carried on. It never carried on. Mm. You can also follow us on Instagram, which is at Guitar Nerds. You can follow us on Twitter, which is at Guitar Nerds. You can follow us on Facebook, uh, which is uh, facebook.com forward slash guitar nerds page. which is we're going to be posting a lot more up there and you can share the articles and stuff which is going to make stuff a lot more uh, a lot more a lot better stuff you can also join the group on facebook.com forward slash guitar nerds forum 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 not group (laughs) group that doesn't exist forum uh I think that's it you can follow us individually you can follow Matt Matt Matt, underscore nightsy Joe Yosef underscore 900 my Twitter is J-O-Y-B-1 and Mark's is Mark underscore random Random. that is it
4: we're there we've made it to the end Mark's definitely going to be back next week hopefully Mark isn't going to be such a wimp and he will be back hosting the podcast which means I can return to being the comic foil of this podcast Uh, thank you very much everyone for tuning in whether you're watching or listening in the future we will be back next week with more fun we'll see you then cheers guys farewell I've got to work out how to stop it again (laughs) Uh, uh, I'm just going to wave wave bye bye farewell well that's it we're there is it off well that yeah i think i hope so i'll, I'll put it back to this intro card okay i it haven't says stopped it, we're it here it I'm, says we offline yeah okay i'm gonna stop recording <laughs>